This episode is brought to you by Harry's. Please visit harrys.com, H-A-R-R-Y-S.com, and use the promo code COMEDYFILMNERDS to save $5 off your first purchase. Go shave. <laughs> shave it up. <laughs> Everybody and welcome to episode 216 of the Comedy Film Nerds Podcast. It's very exciting. Our first teenager on the show. It is. And uh, we squared away some microphone issues. Yeah, we sure <laughs> did. It's been great so this far. This is a full disclosure yeah, you, you know how we squared them away? We lost one. We lost one. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, our fourth mic is on set. Is on set. And we forgot to get it because we just got back from Chicago. So it's been crazy. But Chicago was great. Chicago yeah. was great. We did an awesome interview with the Hanson brothers at Lion and Kugel in Milwaukee. And... Um, Dave and Ron were very, it was really cool to hear their point of view about podcasting. And also they were very, they opened up about, you know, some personal stuff, which is, which is, is this brewery. at the brewery tour? This is at the brewery, the okay. Line of Kugel Brewery in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got to see how beer is made and it was, it was great. Mm. And then uh, really cool interviews at the AV club sh- shooting at the onion was awesome. Oh, that was cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, Nathan Rabin was, that was a very good interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was really, it was really Really cool. Ashley Raper did a very cool interview. Uh, great, a lot of fan interviews in Chicago. Good, good. Um, and then everyone who came out to Zanies, that was cool. Uh, Andy, Amanda, uh, Samantha, and um, Patrick all mm-hmm. came out. So that was really cool. So cool. thank you guys to everybody who came out. And we've got, uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff today. We got uh, X Men Million Dollar Arm. We've got um, oh, and the, uh, the benefit. And we've also, we're going to be talking about the Martial Arts Kid. Martial Arts Kid, a new movie mm-hmm. that's coming out. So it's going to mm-hmm. be a, a jam packed episode. We're going to talk about some martial art movies as well. Yes. Um, but why don't we introduce our guests? I think we should. We should introduce our guests. Uh, first of all, um, uh, I was a fan of this guy. I watched him fight numerous times, watched him in a bunch of movies. Um, first time on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Don the Dragon Wilson. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Our fourth mic went down, so these guys have yeah. to share a mic. Yes. Um, so uh, they're being very gracious about it. They're very it. <laughs> gracious in this garage where we have to turn the heat, the air conditioning yes. off in the middle of the summer. Um, it's perfect. This is the wonderful world of Welcome podcast. to show business. Welcome to podcasting. <laughs> um, and then uh, Jansen Pantier, am I pronouncing? He said there's numerous pronunciations of your last name. Panettiere, Panettiere, whatever, whatever fits. There. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, you guys, um, let's talk a little bit about. You want to do X Men? Let's. Well, you want to talk about X Men? Oh, yeah, we got to talk. All about right, X-Men. Chris saw X Men. Yes, All I right. saw X Men. Uh, Days of Future Past, and. I had no idea who the character was or what's going on. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Jan- Jansen was like, oh, I want to see this. So we're, don't worry, we no. don't do spoilers on no, this. No, we won't do spoilers. Now, I, um, I was watching this movie, and I have to say, first of all, it's fantastic. I really loved it. I thought it was great. It's a great summer movie, and it's interesting how like we're starting to see the formula get aped uh, from uh, you know all the Marvel Universe movies. It's like, hey, maybe we should hire actual writers actual directors and actual actors and make an actual movie with superheroes in it as opposed to just a superhero movie. And that's what's going on. You have... Uh, this is why they're better than the Spider-Man movie. Yes, the, the, both, but by a thousand that. times. Um, and, and what I loved about it, too, is if you liked um, uh, the last X-Men movie, First Class, you're going to love this one because it is has... Is this better than the First Class? You, you know what? I, I think X-Men First Class, I think, is still my favorite, but this is really close i'm sure a lot of people are going to like this where do you put this between first class and the wolverine movie from last summer oh these two are by far better (laughs) (laughs) you know wait so you didn't like the wolverine movie well it's not you know i like i love hugh jackman i think he's awesome Mm -hmm. he's he's the best wolverine ever he no one could take his place um just the way they you know the way they did the movie wasn't necessarily my favorite um why why didn't you not like wolverine why I just thought that like like Striker, totally like Striker in the second X two, is was awesome. 
Yeah, that guy was awesome. I forget the actor's name, um, mm-hmm. but he was just totally like again. There was this like almost fatherliness to him. This one, it was just this kind of you know antagonist. It was this maniacal like you know I'm I'm this is why I'm doing it. I'm heartless and stuff like that. It's just it, it, it wasn't anything. There. It wasn't nuanced. There was, it wasn't yeah. nuanced. Striker was, like, was played by Brian Cox in the X. Brian Cox, mm-hmm. awesome. Loving him, Red Two. He's awesome. <laughs> if anyone saw that. <laughs> Don't ever forget an A-list actor's name. Yeah. <laughs> That's Hollywood advice. Hollywood advice. Director even more so. Don't forget their names. So, and I think you'll be pleased to see, uh, you might see Stryker again in this new movie. Oh. Um, different actor. <laughs> All right. Now, because uh, the thing I loved about this movie is it followed the kind of, uh, like I said about the last movie, where it's not just, it, it's really... Um, a dramatic movie, but it has the superhero elements, obviously. And I mean, it gets big and crazy. There's time travel, but also it's a period piece. There's a lot of the movie that just takes place in the 1970s. And so you're looking at this giant budget. I mean, it's got to be like $200 million, easy. Mm-hmm. This giant budget movie that not only has uh, all these comic book elements, all these great effects, but also giant period set pieces. And it's, it wasn't an easy thing to put together. It really wasn't. And the way it was put together was fantastic like you've got the this dystopian future where you know everyone's being hunted you know there's no mutants the very few mutants left and they have to go back in time to you know prevent this from happening so and that's the a mutant apocalypse pretty much a mutant apocalypse preventing the mutant Uh, however not including the mutant apocalypse that's going to be the next movie apocalypse yeah (laughs) but uh, but what's um what was really great about it is that you've got all these um, great actors in this movie, and you've got uh, you've, you've got like different versions of each character in the same movie. You know, that with time travel movies, you do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what's interesting is it's we've seen Ian McKellen and um, and Patrick Stewart. We've seen them in the X Men movies. When we're time traveling, going back in time, those versions of those characters are a little more compelling. When you see oh, really? James McAvoy and um, um, Fastbender, Fastbender, you see, which, you, you, which was, that's the thing we loved about the, right. the first class. First class yeah. was those guys were our yeah. great actors who played those those younger versions. Exactly, of those men and, and I found I was more drawn to the story when it was there than when it was in the future, just because it, it just felt fresher and more nuanced and mm-hmm. more interesting. And I really, I'd love to know the behind the scenes where it's like with Matthew Vaughn because he also was one of the writers on the new script. Mm-hmm. If if Brian Singer said, "Oh, this X Men looks really cool. I want to come back to the franchise," or Matthew Vaughn said, "I did one. I don't want to do another one." I wonder how Brian Singer came back to it. Mm-hmm. Like it'd be it'd be really. I'd love to hear the behind the scenes on that because Matthew Vaughn did such an amazing job with First Class. Uh, he I'm sure he would uh, have done a great job on the next one. But Brian Singer did great too. Um, but you could see Brian Singer as some of these scenes were shot. He was trying to do what Matthew Vaughn did. Like he like learned from watching Matthew Vaughn's movie right. and kind of made it a little bit more like that as opposed to like kind of a vapid action sequence after vapid action sequence. Now, there's a million mutants in it. So if you're a fan of any X-Men at all, you're going to have find someone that you're you're going to enjoy watching. Um, future mutants, past mutants, all types of mutants, and it goes through the entire history. And it's it's just a really great summer movie. And it, it's um, for something that's separate from like the Marvel universe, like the that, Avengers, yeah, like movies the Avengers movies. That. It's it's setting up kind of its own universe because X Men is its own universe uh, very nicely, where it kind of feels self contained, so you don't mind it kind of going off on tangents every once in a while with different characters mm-hmm. coming in and leaving. Now. If those of you, this is going to get a little nerdy, but uh, there's two <laughs> characters, a little, a little more, <laughs> but you'll understand this. There's um, Magneto's children are Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. Now, so you have um, these I think two we're characters. About two different levels of nerdy. Yeah, we are. Perhaps we are. But because of the rights, look issues around in you, the movies, Jansen. This is a nerd <laughs> cave. We are in a nerd Be- because of the rights issues in the movies. Yeah, I'm like the gargoyle sitting. Yeah, in. yeah. <laughs> the um. You're going to see these two characters in the Fox movies and the Marvel's Avengers movies. And these are like the only two characters that will cross over because they share rights to these characters. Mm -hmm. But they won't be played by the same actors. So they're actually going to be different actors. They couldn't work 
that out. So the, you think the guy that's that going to be problematic. I don't think so. I think uh, it'll just be a little confusing at first. You'll be like, "Hey, that's the same characters over here." Like the character that um, the actor that plays Quicksilver is really good in uh, in X Men First Class. So I don't know how good it'll be in, uh, uh, in the next Avengers. But so uh, all in all, really liked this movie. I thought it was great. Great summer movie. Great X Men movie. I think it's. Uh, first class is still my favorite, but I would put this at number two, but very close. Okay. I did not get a chance to see X-Men because it was sold out at and every theater yesterday because I flew yes. back yesterday from Chicago, mm-hmm. and so it was still Memorial Day. And oh, it was packed. It was packed. Everything yeah, was, yeah. So it was all sold out. So I went to go see Million Dollar Arm, mm-hmm. and I saw it at my favorite movie theater, Oh, the dine-in theater the with dine-in? the reclining yeah, seats yeah. where they serve you food. Mm-hmm. So I loved it. It was a great. Anytime I see something <laughs> at that theater, you're very forgiving. This movie is exactly what you think it would be. It right. is a cheesy sort of Disney sports movie, right? But I know that going it's in, it's like the Jamaican bobsled team. It really is. It's that. Remember <laughs> the, the Titans. It's just yeah. those same formulas <laughs> over and over. But right. I'm okay with it. Right. So I remember the Titans was the original. Yeah. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Because your sister was in it? Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> um, but, like, it, it, it did follow that true story sports movie right. model. And they did a fine job with it. I mean, there's mm-hmm. obviously there's some cheesy moments or whatever. But John Hamm was great. Um, seeing, you know, obviously he's, he's battling this thing that a lot of actors have had to do, which is he is this iconic TV character. Right. Everyone only sees him as Don Draper. So yeah, which is great. (laughs) Mad Men is an awesome show. It's so great. He's, Jansen, you're angrily in favor of this. You're like, yeah, Yeah, that's so No, I love John Hamm, but you know, you just, you gotta, you know. You, it's, thing, it's this thing called Rent, and uh, I decided to create a production company. So, <laughs> it, you know, it costs money. Right. <laughs> you got to take something. He, I, you know, and it's it was really, it's cool to see him. I'm, I'm sure his the battle that he's going, I, honestly, this is not like a battle. Like, and The Rock and Vin Diesel already turned it down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's like, he's, I'm sure every every script is, it's, it's Don Draper. And his agent, it's Don Draper at a zoo. And, at a zoo, it's Don. You know, I'm sure it's just, he's constantly getting pitched the right. same thing over and over. But I thought he did a great job with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's Don Draper on spring break. You know yeah. what I mean? Just, just <laughs> you know, it's just like so. Um, it was uh, it was cool, and I think he did a fine job. And these 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 kids, they did a they did a great, and they kept the story pretty accurate. They went over to India, and they shot the first part of the movie. All takes place there. And it's a part of the film. And you can tell that, you know, I've never been there, but from hearing, you know, it's 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 tough. Everybody gets sick from something. Like, you can just sort of feel that. I, I shot a movie in India, and people don't realize this, but there are more movies shot there than any place in the world. Oh, yeah. Yes. But not American movies. You can count <laughs> on your hand. They fake it, and now mm-hmm. I know why. The movie was called, um, they told me the movie was called Operation Cobra. I said, oh, Operation Cobra. Mm-hmm. When I got there, I found out they renamed it Inferno <laughs> because <laughs> it was the hottest part of the world. But not like LA. We got about 100 degrees here, uh-huh. but not humidity of about 95%. Right. Right. When you got the humidity, and, and oh, by the way, the producer was from India, and I won't mention names, <laughs> but um, he sent us over there. It was the hottest part of the world, and of course, nobody was working there. Indians know that. They shut down their whole film production. Except for us, the American crew and the, your Canadian crew shows up to shoot in a studio. Interiors, no air conditioning. Oh, oh my god! Now you know you'll learn this yes, because you'll be doing martial art action. You do one take. There's no air conditioning. You're covered with sweat. Yeah, you're done. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what an action fight mm-hmm. scene looks like. I mean, mm-hmm. we're sweating. So now what do you do? Now you're all. St- they had three sets of wardrobe on fans. They dry them with the fan, the air. You take, you do one take, every take you're changing your shirt. It's just, it's the toughest thing I ever did in my life. It's not my fights, it's making that movie in India. It's tough. Okay, what were we talking about? Let's go back, get off the India thing. But, but anyway, just when you said the word India, it brought back all the memories. No, but I think- so What I think- was the final title of the movie? No, in America, I believe in America, it was released by Roger Corman. Actually, bought the rights to it. Um, Operation Cobra, so and then okay. in overseas, it was called Inferno. Okay, there's no fire in this movie. Yeah. The fire was the fire was on the set when I was doing every take. 
There's no fire. It's called Inferno overseas. Yeah. It's um, like the Jim Cotta poster. It's like there's ninjas on the poster, the movie poster. There's oh, yeah. no ninjas in the movie. There's no, there's no. Well, no, honestly, though, but Don, what you're bringing, it is a valid point because knowing that, and I've heard numerous stories about people having to shoot in India, I could tell that all of these American actors that are over there, Alan Arkin and, and John Hamm and everybody, but that was part of the story well, how hot it was. Well, well, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you're in this country that's that hot. It's a completely different set of rules. Mm-hmm. Everyone, the streets are packed. Everyone's honking. Like, it's crazy. But that was part of the story. They're trying to find these guys, and they're basically doing a, um, a like, talent competition. This agent, J.B. Bernstein, who John mm-hmm. Hamm is playing, is a real guy, was like, I need to create some sort of hype. So we're going to go travel to all these villages and get these young cricket players or kids that it's all country about cricket can we get them to pitch? So they're traveling from city to city. And when the actors are sitting in some truck and they're hot and sweaty, I know they're not acting. I know right. nobody sprayed their face with sweat, man. Oh, that's unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, no, the director probably went in and it's like, it's really hot in here. Hey, can you think we just write this in? Can yeah. someone say something? <laughs> just so you can stop patting me with a damn towel. Like. I think that's it. They just said, well, and that was part of the story. And I'm so glad that they went to India to shoot it there. Cause you, I don't know that you could fake, fake that. You can't fake India. You can't. You know, there are some strange things. That, now, I'm just going to give you. The, I, we do not have enough time to talk about my India trip. <laughs> you can talk about it when we're bored on the set. Because there are a million stories that you never experienced. I've been in the film business now for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Nothing like it compares. My First of all, my choreographer who flew from L.A. quit the first day. He lasted one day and quit. He could not be out in that sun for 12 hours. Go. He couldn't even, be, he, he was done. So I had to fly my choreographer from LA. I called him up. He was at a picnic. He thought I was back in town, thought, what's going on? And I said, get on the next flight to India. And that's not a joke. He got on the next flight to India. And because uh, we had a movie to shoot, we had no choreographer. But anyway, it was that tough. I mean, it, it was, uh, you know, you would think they have a religion, the Hindu religion, and, and, and uh, you know, I don't know all the details, but it teaches them the reason you suffer today is for something you did in the past. So the people I'm with that are driving the brand new Mercedes, and I'm staying in the five-star hotels, nobody feels guilty. Because they obviously, in the past, must have done something pretty darn good. <laughs> because their God gave them the Mercedes and the big house and the big wad of cash in the pocket. The other people, you just got to take, you know, th- that's what you've given because obviously you are not good. Yeah. And you're former lives oh my gosh what a scam that is yeah be- and, and better luck next time that doesn't work in our country no, no, in our country it's like no. uh, i do something bad um i need it's uh, whether or not it's good or bad i it's supposed to be for me i deserve this i'm supposed to learn you get it something from yeah. this yet in that language it's like oh no no it's fine they just get the mercedes no, it's okay they, you know <laughs> what I, here's where i picture it though just little inside information if you ever go to india on a visit mm-hmm. And you're I shooting a, a martial arts I had movie. a shooting <laughs> mar- or any movie, though. Yeah. I had yeah. a, here's the, why religion works to control people. I had a camera. I wanted to take some pictures on the set. We had 300 extras. Now, you know, how, when are we going to get... You think we're going to have 300 extras in our movie? No. Yeah. Well, you got to pay these guys. Yeah. They got to be fed. Well, over there, they probably give them each a bowl of rice or something because they all showed up. And um, so I had a camera, and I said, where can I set this down? I mean, you could... I didn't think the actors or the crew would steal something from me, but these 300 extras, sure. I'm going to set my camera down. I mean, these guys don't have money to right. rub together two pennies. Mm-hmm. That's well, a week's worth of they food. They said, I'll just, just put it there with the equipment. Nobody will touch it. And I, I said, wait, wait, you know, this camera, you know, this is expensive. He said, no, no, no just, just nobody will touch it. Nobody touched it because obviously they didn't have much money in this life. And they believe if they take the dragon's camera, <laughs> their next life, they may have be worse. So nobody touched it. That's the power of a religious society. It's, it's interesting, too, you talk about that, because when they're shooting this movie, when they go to each village, and, and when, they, when, they, when this actually happened, they went to the village, and some of the Indian news teams were like, oh, my God, some local kid is, might get a shot at the major. So the whole village came out. So the exact same thing happened. Like this Hollywood crew is filming that thing from six years ago. 
And you could just tell there's no, these aren't paid extras. They just, the whole village came out up. and yeah. just showed up. And that was like part of it. And it was really interesting. Now, could you see like the cast system? Did they kind of go through? You know, they didn't bit? go through that, but I mean, uh-huh. I'm aware of it just from having studied a little bit about sure. Hinduism, how there is this caste system. And, and it is what's Don talking about. They're like, well, I'm, I was born poor. This is where I'm at. I don't. And, and that's a thing. That's most of the world. I don't think as Americans, we understand that that whole like, well, you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That doesn't exist in most of the world. You know, most of the world, it's like, sorry. It's, just, it's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> Look, we in America, we have um, homeless people. I was just in Venice Beach mm-hmm. yesterday. Homeless people that need to skip a few meals. They're overweight. Right. In India, if you look at somebody, mm-hmm. they are literally starving on the streets. And that's the difference. Our homeless are just people without houses. Right. Their people are starving. Most of the world goes to sleep at night hungry, hungry. and dehydrated. They don't have enough water. And, you know, it, we, we are so lucky. That's part of the story because John Hamm's character is just this, like, you know, I'm this big shot LA sports agent and I got to just get these, I got to get these kids to work. And he brings them to LA and he doesn't realize these guys have never been out of their village. Right. They've never been out of their village and yeah. now they're in LA. And then he realizes he has to. He's responsible for. He's them. responsible for yeah. them, and even though they're nineteen or twenty, that's not nineteen or twenty over there is not the same as nineteen. It's not like oh, I went to college and I've had my own car. Uh uh-uh. uh. And so that's a so part. They didn't of, have their own cell phones. <laughs> no, they didn't have their own <laughs> cell phones. But it, so that's part of the story. And so overall, I would say this, and then we'll get into the other stuff. Oh, I, it's if you know what a Disney sports movie is, right. It's a by the numbers. It's thing. by the numbers, yeah, yeah. but it's fun. Was it's, this based on fact? It is. This yeah, is yeah. this actually oh, happened. happened. These two oh, guys then. Um, you know, and you know, you can look their stories up online. So this isn't like a spoiler alert, but like Mm -hmm. they get drafted and they play minor league ball and Mm -hmm. there's all this stuff and it's, it's, it's what that process was like. And it's a true story. This guy is a real agent and, uh, it was really awesome. It was, I mean, in terms of all that stuff, again, the, the sort of cheesy Disney stuff in it. Sure. I I love overall it was fine. And I was in a comfortable chair. You were in a comfortable chair and got food. a baseball movie called, uh, Perfect Game, mm-hmm. filmed in Monterey, Mexico, about um, the 1957 Little League Mexican baseball team going across the border and winning the Little League, Little League World Series. And in the final game, the kid pitches a perfect game. Oh, True story? Uh, the only oh perfect game ever to be pitched in uh, minor league, I guess. Oh, wow. like, you know, the this came out in, league. in 2009, director William Oof. Deere, The Perfect Game. How sweet. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. All right, before we uh, get into um, the martial arts kid, let's do our, we have a new sponsor this week. We do have a new sponsor. And this is harrys.com. And again, the great thing is, um, this is another um, product that's very inexpensive. This is a shaving kit, so you can get online. And they're 15 bucks, but here's the thing, you can get $5 off with our coupon code, Comedy Film Nerds. I, and I say this, obviously we they sent it to us to yes. use. I have been shaving since I was 12. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I can't use, I can't. I hate you. I know. <laughs> this took me years, man. Yeah. Well, I got this last year. I'm so excited. Well, but let's let's be honest. There's no way to prove that. Go ahead. <laughs> Chris is, yeah, yeah, I'm a little skeptical. He thinks I'm yeah, lying. Yeah. Um, so, when your dad comes back in, I'll ask him. <laughs> a true story why would i lie about when i started shaving this is my scam to the world graham started shaving when he was 15 i knew it um so i i've been shaving a long time i can't use an electric razor my neck always gets chewed up no matter what like and i don't shave every day so we got this stuff and i usually use the the fancy like the Mach 3 stuff. The, right. Those, and I have, then they're, they're expensive mm-hmm. and I have to use those and all this stuff. So we got the Harry's and I was like, okay, let's see if it, if this, if this works. Cause if it doesn't, it's a great shave, dude. <laughs> it's a great shave. <laughs> I shave in my shower. They give you the, the, and they even give you the special cream that comes with it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I like it's using. It's a whole kit. It's everything. It's a whole kit. I'm like, I like using my hippie stuff that I get mm-hmm. at the Whole Foods. So I'll try it. Their cream mm-hmm. was great. It's the tightest, cleanest, least cut up, neck shave i've ever had wow that should go on a poster (laughs) (laughs) the least cut up neck shave i've ever had (laughs) because my neck gets all messed up the hairs grow weird it Mm -hmm. cuts them up so go to harrys.com you guys and save five bucks by using coupon code comedy film nerds yeah and one of the one the five o'clock shadow i get a five o'clock shadow within an hour shadow next week at five (laughs) (laughs) o'clock you have a weekly shadow (laughs) (laughs) at five (laughs) o'clock 
Technically, yeah, still five o'clock. Every other Wednesday, <laughs> Jansen gets a shadow. All right. Well, one of the things I did want to mention too is one of the reasons they started the company is they wanted to actually kind of um, give you all that stuff for a much cheaper price, the quality for a cheaper cost. The, the blades are m- like made in Germany. Yeah. I'm. This is where I'm getting my blades from now on, not the Costco. So, all right, Terry's.com. All right, now let's get into this. Um, yes. So Don and Jansen are working on a film, you guys. It's called uh, The Martial Arts Kid. You guys are in the middle of a Kickstarter campaign. Um, and When does it end, the Kickstarter? Uh, in about, I believe, uh, about a eight. week. We've got like seven or eight days, I okay. believe, left of the Kickstarter program. Game on. Although, although we will accept money after that fact, but <laughs> wait, <laughs> what, what I, I believe they're going to do some, uh, you know, this is my first Foray into Kickstarter. Yes, mm-hmm. I've never. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been in many years talked to people about investing or putting money into films, but they always expect not just their money back, but a big profit. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to make the next Saw or Jaws or something. You know, they want to do so low budget movies only to hit that big home run. These people are putting in because they like the concept, and, the, and you know, it's an anti bullying theme throughout the whole movie. And um, now it's a family yeah. film, right? Oh, sure of course. That? I get mm-hmm. my butt kicked it, a lot. Well, <laughs> you are the guy the bullies are. You're gonna. One upmanship the bullies by the oh, end yeah. of the movie. Oh, Remember, yeah. it's ninety minutes. I know. Now, yeah, no, eighty fine. minutes, you might be getting your butt handed to you. <laughs> maybe by various guys and maybe a girl or two. But hey, in the end, fine with the girl. In the end, you're going to be the hero. All right. So yeah, you have eight days to go. The the total you guys are looking for is one hundred fifty thousand dollars. They're currently at one hundred and six grand. You guys, which we as earbuds know. That's not that much ground to cover. We were 60 or 70 grand short four days out and thought, we're never going to make this. And, and that the, is a lot of ground to cover. It is a lot of ground <laughs> yeah. to cover, but it all came in late. So um, it's really cool. And it's starting. It's starring Don the Dragon Wilson and Cynthia Rothrock, two uh, martial arts icons. So, so Don, go into where you guys came up with the idea for this and working with... Because you and Cynthia, between the two of you, have done... Uh, 60 or 70 movies right. we've started in. I right. mean, yeah, I p- appeared in more, but I mean, just the, we were the stars, at least at least 60 movies. So wow. where did you guys come up with the idea for this? It was not my idea. My brother and Jim. his uh, uh, producing partner, Michael Baumgarten, came mm-hmm. up with the idea. And it is, I don't want to call it a ripoff of, quote, the Karate Kid. It's a homage to the Karate mm-hmm. Kid. Um, and so, so then Jansen is playing... Well... The Karate the, uh, Kid. Robbie, the uh, martial yeah, arts the martial kid. arts kid. And this is based... Now, Don, is this based a little bit on you? You're growing up? Because I know I know it, part of it, you guys are going to shoot some in Florida where you and your brother Jim grew up. Um, let me give our fans this background. I met uh, Don and his brother Jim at the... At a dojo. At a right? dojo where I trained. Mm-hmm. Jerry Blank, who a, was a kickboxer for a long time. That's probably where you, you met Jerry a long time ago. Yeah, Jerry... Uh, Jerry Blank is a former world champion who was managed by my brother. And my brother was my manager. James Wilson was my manager. Okay. So then um, Jerry, uh, you know, is is this is an amazing dude. He's this southern guy who runs this dojo in the Palisades. And he is this, when you go in there, you feel like you're in like a, a neighborhood restaurant. He's that yeah. a guy who's had a family restaurant for thirty years. He's always the honorary mayor of this. <laughs> I mean, he's just he. You know what? I we used to call him. He, my best friend was Chris Penn, Sean's younger brother. Mm-hmm. We used to call him uh, Barney Rubble. Because no matter what Fred does to Barney, he loves the guy. He, Barney's I the know. nicest guy that ever lived and in G- cartoons. And Jerry's like, anytime I, I you know, you, I'd come in there for a class, he's like, oh, Graham, hey, you got to meet this guy here. And this Don's Wilson Brown. And I was like, oh, wow. So you, there's this whole, and every year they have a party because he's been in the Palisades. He's, a, he's the grand marshal of the 4th of July parade. Like I've mar- I marched in it two summers ago. So there's all these parade floats, and then there's all these kids in stars and stripes, karate geese, w- walking down Sunset Boulevard, the Palisades, and I was in my samurai. It was it, that's now is this also where you samurai? Sword this is where I, too? I this is where I trained samurai sword. This is where I met uh, uh, Master Shima Bukuro, who was like one of the best swordsmen on the on the earth at the time. He mm-hmm. unfortunately passed away. So this is where I was introduced to this world, and I and I met Jim and Don numerous times, mm. and we actually were at a kickboxing event in the fall or something or summer it was the glory event uh in los angeles yeah it was on cbs or nbc one yeah. of the network carried it and we were watching and we were just talking and and i was saying like to don i was like you know if you guys 
you know, I've studied enough martial arts. I, I'm, I could look good getting my ass kicked on camera. And I said, you know, if you ever need comic relief, I can just be the guy wisecracking while I'm getting thumped. And then they started talking and Jim was like, well, we have this idea. And then that's sort of how they came up with this. That was the martial arts kid. That was the martial right. arts kid. The genesis of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. About doing a martial art movie for the family. And uh, of course, comedy is an important element. Of mm-hmm. it. But, um, you know, I, I don't want to put a lot of, pressure on the star but it's uh, all about this one kid and it's a how he overcomes uh all the obstacles through the martial arts it's kind of a chuck norris sort of (laughs) program called kick drugs out of america which shows how kids can get out of the drug uh Mm -hmm. you know thing through the martial arts and um jansen's uh you know he's gonna be the the martial art kid so jansen like obviously you've been how long how old were you first started acting on camera uh let's see well my sister my sister's an actress and she Hayden. did Hayden. Yes, we've heard of her. Hayden, yeah, <laughs> a few people have. Yeah, she's she goes around. Um, she did work for Pixar, uh-huh. and she got a lot of these stuffed animals sent home. These giant stuffed animals from FAO Schwartz, which really pissed me off because I was like, "Where's my stuffed animals? Like, <laughs> what is this? She doesn't even play with this stuff anymore." And this is like, ah. So um, immediately, I was like, "Mom, I want to get into this. I want." You want, oh, you want to be an actor? Well, I want stuffed animals. So, yeah, sure. However, I need to go about that. Let's get that done. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so you got into show business animals. for free stuffed animals. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's pretty much what I got into this for. Um, and uh, when I came into the uh, um, casting room, honestly, it was it was really funny how it worked. It just kind of, everything just clicked. Um, it was at Gower Studios, and I ended up doing a backflip. Uh, I'm a tumbler. I'm like do gymnastics and like like parkour, free running, oh. tricking, oh, whatever yeah, you yeah. want to call it. Um, so I ended up doing a backflip in the uh, waiting room, and editor editor comes out. I was like, oh, with that WTF face. <laughs> yeah, like, like, what was that? And they're like, oh, sorry, he just did a backflip in the room. Everything cool? Um, yeah, let's not do that again. I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right. I hope I, that just didn't blow it. <laughs> didn't you? Didn't you see the sign? No back, no back flipping. No, back, no right? talking exactly. on cell phones. Exactly. No back flipping. Immediately, Michael just drags me into one of like these like little rooms, and I'm like, oh, I guess that was good. You know, that's good. Um, with this Ruby movie, Robbie like playing the character, uh, I connect a lot with it. Like I'm from New York. He's from Detroit. You know, very urban like settings and stuff like that. Uh, he, you know, he gets in a lot of trouble and stuff and has, like, a lot of angry issues. That's something, of course, like, you know, everybody has their own level of things that they because have to work Because now the character probably wanted stuffed, animal, stuffed animals, too, yeah, right? Exactly. That, it's, yeah, it's probably his lack of stuffed animals. Um, he would use them for target practice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. A little bit different. Um, but, you know, no, I, I definitely... Um, I connect with this character a lot because I just, I have my own anger issues that I've worked through and through martial arts actually. You really so what martial arts have you studied? Um, I studied um, karate, uh, Okinawan style karate, and uh, for the last four years, uh, and when I was younger for a bit, um, Krav Maga. Oh, nice! Oh. So I used to get picked on by bullies when I got out to California, and it's a different picking on from like New York and L.A. New York. Like, you know, I had, like, the famous sister. I was short. Whatever reason you want. Um, they picked on me. And they usually is like, a lot of physical, like, physical fights and stuff like that. Um, in L.A., they just kind of name call you. It's <laughs> like, oh, he's... They call it laid back. That's just yeah. laid back. Yeah, it's, just, it's just, he's poor. <laughs> what? You're punching me? Stop. This is ridiculous. <laughs> like, so it's just not, it's just, there was a different, like, thing. But they were still, like, name calling me. And if I went, went could have went back there. You ever wish, when you were, like, you know, oh, as yeah. being the man you are now, to go back into your, like, little body? Yeah. At that, during yeah. that time, and be like, oh, yeah, you want to fight, kid? All right, come on, let's go outside. Throw the backpack off and just wham! <laughs> How'd you like that? <laughs> you know, like, like, that's like, if you, if you only knew what you sure. knew then, what you know now, mm-hmm. I would have kicked that kid's ass. Sorry. <laughs> but, and that's, that's sort of like the theme of this film is how um, martial arts can help with a kid that's getting picked on, with a kid that's having whatever sort of issues. 
Uh, absolutely. That's, that is the basic theme. And it is, uh, you know, Chuck Norris has a program, which he started in Texas called kick drugs out of America. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to show how martial arts could help kids get off the drug thing. Now this is when it's really not revolving around drugs, but it is revolving around being a bully and the gang mentality. Uh, you know, he, his character, um, will eventually, uh, find his gang will be the martial arts school mm-hmm. and the people there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, um, he, he, he's, he can do backflips. I know that you do the backflips and you study martial arts, but in as an actor, areas. as an actor, <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh, I, I saw his audition. He's going to, everybody's going to be shocked when they see him. He's going to blow people away. He, he's phenomenal. Now, is this where you guys didn't know each other before this project, where oh. it was just an audition? I met Don this morning. Yeah. <laughs> did not know. Did not know. I'm not saying that because we've been long time. Well, he hasn't been long time anything in, in, in my years. But, but, um, no. I was born he, in you know, 94. Most of you guys are going to chuckle with that. <laughs> yeah. I, I turned pro in 74. So, uh, I went in the Coast Guard to keep him going to Vietnam. Uh, my generations are several back there uh, for you. <laughs> Well, Don, let's go into a little bit um, some of the films that you have worked on in the past and what that experience is like. I mean, like, how, wh- when, because you didn't just, you were doing movies while you were still fighting professionally, correct? Yes, I had not. Well, what, what happened was this. I, I fought in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. And at one time, guys like Jackie Chan and Jet Li, those guys would come to my fights and just sit in the audience. Nobody barely knew them. They may have done some films, but they were not international box office stars. They were known in Hong Kong to the local people, but I was the guy they were all coming t- to see in Hong Kong. I, I drew the big sellout crowds. And basically, I had six fights in Hong Kong against Thai boxers, which, you know, I was a kung fu stylist, so they liked seeing me beat up the Thai fighters, the right. Thai champions. So uh, <laughs> I was pretty popular at that time in Hong Kong. Wait, wait, wait. What, go into that a little bit. Was, right? it, like a pe- well, okay, was it like a pecking order? Because yeah, well, isn't like Muay Thai thing. is like... Thai boxers, uh, basically, you know, they, they... First of all, it's a sport. Mm-hmm. It's not martial arts. Martial arts, Bruce Lee used to say his favorite technique was a finger jab. You take your eyes out. Now, everybody's got eyes like grapes. So it doesn't matter if you weigh 220. doesn't matter if you, you got mm-hmm. muscles. If he, Bruce Lee takes your eyes out. You're done. Right. And he was pretty fast. I've seen him move. <laughs> he was pretty fast. And, you know, I, I never fought like this. I, I never fought anybody like this. So, I, you know, I think maybe people ask me, could I take him? I said, well, you know, in his kickboxing match, of course. He was 147. I'm 175. On the street, but it's a different thing. It's a different thing. So, um, uh, anyway, I was a martial artist who did the kickboxing and, and they brought me over there. I was a Kung Fu stylist. So they brought me over there to fight the ties and I was successful. I was winning. And a movie company approached me about doing a movie. They were shooting in New York city. And I said, sure. They wanted a bad guy. So I played the bad guy. And that was about in 82. It was called ABC in Chinatown. Nobody's ever seen it. It's never been done in English. Uh, if, unless you speak Cantonese, you won't be watching it. But, um, <laughs> but, um, well, no, subtitled Mandarin. So if you speak Mandarin, then you might watch it with the subtitles. But um, no, I made no decision to be a, an actor. Uh, Chuck Norris, who I met in, his, in the late 70s, uh, he was acting. He was a fighter. And uh, he had become an actor. And he suggested it to me. He said, Don, look, when you get ready to retire, move out to LA, get an agent audition you might have a second career like me it's been really good you know and um uh that's what i did when i first my i've retired three times now by the way (laughs) any promoters out there though if you got cash i'll fight in the parking lot you're still fighting let me say this oh yeah you are in amazing shape you are probably 20 years older than me and you you're amazing shape and could kick my ass like it's (laughs) no the the young guys what they would count on is oh he's gonna get tired in the later rounds well you know what my last fight which was 2002 i knocked the guy out with four seconds left on the clock in the 10th round. So you may go 10 with me, but you better, the last four seconds may be your under. <laughs> I, I still you. got a chance. But now, we went to the fights together. My favorite thing was afterwards, Don goes, none of those guys really impressed me. I know I could have. And, like, during, and sitting next to you watching the fights was awesome. He's like, oh, he should do this and that. Grand their three-round fighters. I know, I know. And they were tired in the second round. It was embarrassing no, to no, me. No, no, you're like it's Batman embarrassing to Batman me. 3. But, but now, uh, how how often compared to Michael Keaton? You mean you mean Michael Keaton fighting the the, the, the newer yeah, Batman? Yeah. Different world. Yeah. How often? How often do you well, still about, train? Let's go back to the brute, uh, the other guy. What was the guy that played Batman on TV? What was it? Adam, oh, Adam West. West. Adam West fighting the new Batman. Yeah, Christopher I, Nolan's yeah. Uh, yeah. Christian yeah. Bale's. Five. Yeah. yeah. That's now. How often do you still train? Well, I train every day I can, which is uh-huh. not every day. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I'm not a professional athlete now. I'm. 
you know, I fake it in movies, which, uh, like we were speaking before, Keanu Reeves could do this stuff in the movies. <laughs> you know, I take no great pride in my fight scenes in movies. Um, one of the things I want to say this when we were at that fight and I was, I was telling you, I was like, look, I'd love to do this. I say, I go, I go, I'm no professional fighter. I do have a black belt. And you said, ah, Graham, you only need a green belt to be good on camera. <laughs> in movies, yeah. yeah. Look, Angelina Jolie can do fight scenes. I mean, it's, it's right. look, it's make-believe. Do we know if Clint Eastwood can shoot a gun? Yeah, he cares. might not be able to hit a broadside of a barn, but Who when he plays Dirty, when he yeah. plays Dirty Harry, he yeah. never misses. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Three guys go down. So it, it's make-believe. Hollywood is make-believe. And some of these, quote, other martial art action stars who believe they're tough guys because the stuntmen are being paid to go down mm-hmm. and they're throwing these fake punches and, and then they think they actually are fighters. I tell them, it's like Tyson fighting Stallone. Do you think there'd be a difference? Yeah. <laughs> Stallone plays a great Rocky, though. He, you yeah. know, he went 12 with Apollo Creed. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it. I, and he was fast. That would have been a great movie. Just like following Rocky's whole like, dun, 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 dun. And then like, he's fighting Mike Tyson, just wham. Yeah. That's out, the end of the movie. Out. That's just black. <laughs> You're just like, oh, what happens? <laughs> now, I want to ask it, both of you this. Um, because you, you've been in a ton of martial arts movies, and um, is this your first one? But, um, this is not my first one. But, but you've seen a lot, too. I'm sure you've been a fan of martial oh, arts I'm movies. Oh, I'm a huge fan of now, all action what films. Now, is, what is the one thing that makes a great martial arts movie? Don? Well, okay. Well, <laughs> did, are you saying I should answer because I've done great movies? Or, or I've watched a good movie. I've watched it. <laughs> No, I've, I've done some successful ones, financially successful, but if you say a great one, I, I, I think something like Enter the Dragon is a great one because uh, it stood the test of time. I mean, people right. still watch it today. And, um, uh, you know, it's a very low-budget movie for Hollywood. And, they, they, you know, the Hollywood studio system, they didn't believe Bruce Lee was the star. They thought John Saxon was the star. Oh, there's No, there's, there's trailers and yeah. movie posters where it's like John yeah. Saxon. And it's like, listen, yeah. I've met John Saxon. He's a wonderful human being and a... Talented actor and, you know, had a long career. Mm. Nobody watches Enter the Dragon for John Saxon. No. I mean, it's Bruce Lee. It, it, Bruce Lee. So what and, do you think then? Why, why, like, those classics like Enter the Dragon, why is that what... My gut feeling is uh, it's because we in the martial art community, we know Bruce Lee was for real. That's the difference. That's the difference. And that's why even Chuck Norris's older movies made in the uh, 70s still resonate and still get redistributed over and over and over because the new martial artists coming up support the real martial artists. I'm saying the, you know, the 10 million people in the U.S. that take study martial arts, the millions of people worldwide that study, they, they follow the real people, not just the actors. And um, when you have movies like The Matrix, you know, not, nothing against Keanu Reeves, but uh, the martial art community is not following that because of Keanu Reeves. So, you know, it's just a good, entertaining movie. It's sci-fi, great special effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, many other things, reason why people would watch it for entertainment value. But I believe that the great martial art movies that resonate are because the leads of the movies were and are still famous within the martial art community. I couldn't agree more, Don. Um... I think uh, Chris Farley was pretty amazing in Beverly Hills Ninja. Uh, <laughs> the martial arts pretty, community knew how good he was. <laughs> I thought it was pretty. I thought it was. I mean, it, it, that was inspiring to me. I don't know. I thought it was pretty good. Um, <laughs> so, hey, for his yeah. weight, he is flexible. Yeah, yeah. For a guy built like that, he could do all kinds of stuff. Well, he could. He could do things. Well, yeah, yeah, he well, could do things. well, my favorite things about martial art films is is what you're talking about. You've got somebody like a Jet Li or someone like that who is a, you know they are a skilled martial artist. I remember Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan. I remember watching. Um, uh, I was with the DVD for Thirty Six Chamber of the Shaolin and the special features was they were talking about all those guys were doing was training leading up to it while they were shooting during stop downs that's all they did they were just they were they were kung fu enthusiasts and to me um when the the, my favorite martial arts movies like enter the dragon so you've got bruce lee who's just amazing right and then you've got the principles of the martial arts you know, he makes those, there's so many great little lines in there that he's really teaching you about martial arts. Absolutely. Bruce Lee put in some of his own philosophy. And I, I only had the guts to actually start doing that probably in the last 10 or 15 years mm-hmm. of doing films. Because in the beginning, I just did what I was told. Basically. Sure. Just actor for hire. Kick the bad guy's ass. But I started remember. adding a line and adding a, a scene and things and um, to put some of my philosophy into the movie. There's a scene where... Um, Guy breaks a board in front of him to impress him. It's impressive. I love, I love you see this a board. Get, a guy throws a punch and a board breaks. You know, you think, that man, that, that's 
a board is harder than my nose. And Bruce Lee said the classic line is, boards don't hit back. Right. That's what he mm-hmm. used to always say when guys would do demonstrations and things, and he was unimpressed because, yeah, it's great. You can break boards okay. all day long. Yeah. They do not hit back. Well, there's a great other scene. There's another great, one of the great messages that was clearly Bruce Lee's philosophy. When they're on the boat traveling to the island for the competition. Yeah. And there's like, I think an Australian guy or something, he's just a meathead who's like, let's fight, yeah, yeah. And he goes, okay. And he just tricks him into getting into the dinghy and following. Well, he beat him with his IQ. Yeah, exactly. Basically. And that's what his whole philosophy was like. Fighting without fighting. Yeah. Fighting without fighting. And like having studied the the samurai sword, which I absolutely love. And people always say, well, what what's the practicality of a samurai sword? And uh, Master uh, zombie apocalypse. Zombie hello? apocalypse. Hello. <laughs> when they come, I'm going to be ready, and I won't run out of bullets. Um, but the one of the things that they they teach uh, was, you know, victory comes with the sword still in the scabbard. And they would always say, my instructors would say, how can we apply what we're learning in class to everyday life? And he'd say, you're in a business dealing, you're negotiating someone, you're fighting with somebody. How can you resolve it to where you both have honor without? Because when you pull your blade, some someone's going to get hurt. Those philosophies you're talking about, Sun Tzu's got a book called um, Art of War. Mm-hmm. Business executives all over the world have studied that since he wrote it. That is business. You know, you're, you're going to, I don't literally decapitate your competition, but it's, out, it's, it's about winning and losing, accepting defeat when it happens, learning from it. Mm-hmm. It's all the life lessons that you're saying, the martial arts teaches that. Right, because in a fist fight or martial arts fight or whatever, everyone's getting hurt. If we both start throwing hands, even if one guy gets yeah, knocked my, it's my hands getting broken, Graham. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it's a little different. I, I have broke my hands over 10 times, so, you know. But you know what I mean? I am getting hurt. Boards. I am getting hurt, but You're they're pounding boards. my hands with their face. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, the Bruce Lee's, uh, I believe he, it was one of his older screenplays that I, he never got to make was Circle of Iron was, uh, mm-hmm. was the one that actually, mm-hmm. uh, I think David Carradine was right. in it. Um, it started off, and it goes through all of those philosophies. It was almost like a, a quest movie mm-hmm. um, that starts with martial arts and goes through the different philosophies. And I don't, I can't remember if he passed away before it was made he or shot, it was. He shot, I think so. I think, yeah. I, think you know, so. I, I believe if he had seen David Carradine playing the lead character, he would have had a heart attack. Yeah. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> is David Carradine. By the way, I was actually pretty on friendly terms with him. because yeah. you know mm-hmm. we, it's a small circle of people who do martial arts stuff and and also entertainment. But uh, David's one of them, mm-hmm. and um, he's a great guy. But uh, Bruce Lee, of course, you know, was born to play that character. Flute, I think, was one of the names it went by. Also, it was an idea that Bruce Lee had about um, the movie, the, the TV guy. show Kung Fu, was supposed to be for Bruce Lee. Yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah so but he, he was too Asian for it. Is yeah, what he said. yeah. So they went with the guy that was not as Asian. <clears looking. throat> but um, <laughs> with the guy with not as Asian. Well, yeah. You know what? You know what? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Asian in Hollywood, <laughs> now. Can you name it was before Shanghai any Asian Americans who have started? I've started in 30 Hollywood films now. I, I think I've got, they don't star Asian Americans in Hollywood films until, unless they have the broken English accent. Jet Li, Jackie Chan, Chow Yun mm-hmm. Fat. I'm the only one that has yeah, a Southern accent. Bulletproof Monk. You know, yeah, but it had to have I mean, yeah, stiff What about that guy in Slumdog <laughs> Millionaire? That'd be yeah. Asian, right? Technically, yeah. Well, India. He's, he's from India. Uh, yeah, India's Asia. My goodness. But yeah, but, but, but I, I meant. I know what you're saying. No, you know what I'm saying. But yeah. I know what I'm saying. I, I, it, the, the, the doors have not busted down. And so that's Slumdog. Is there Slumdog Millionaire? Are there, are there 10, 20? 50? There is a, a, a preconceived idea that when you have an Asian, if, if you're going to have him in a Hollywood film, he's got to have the broken English accent. He can't mm-hmm. be. I'm from the South. I'm from Florida. I got a Southern accent. Mm-hmm. You know, I got South in my mouth, <laughs> and, um, and they're not writing roles. Where well, they did when I moved out here, there was no roles for six foot tall Asians with Southern accents. <laughs> there wasn't. Is that part of why? I mean, obviously, you've you've helped, especially your brother Jim. Uh, kind of the reason of doing the martial arts kid is like, let's now we're in this age where you can do Kickstarter, raise your own money, you can distribute yourself, where it's like. You know what? I don't have to wait for Hollywood to write. I don't have it. to worry about gatekeepers. I can do it on my own. Well, I actually you know, have been doing movies. I mean, I've done thirty mm-hmm. movies other than this one, and they were all Hollywood films. And they, mm-hmm. so, so um, the door is breaking down to some extent, but still, I mean, I am the only one. Mm-hmm. I, I believe um, uh, Philip Ree. Philip mm-hmm. Ree had the best of the best things. Remember mm-hmm. that was uh, mm-hmm. that was actually it was Sony, which is still Hollywood, but it was you know Japanese company 
producing, starring a Korean guy. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's slowly the doors broke down because when I first moved here in 85, there were no Denzel Washingtons, uh, Will Smiths, uh, Wesley Snipes. Blacks in America were not study, starring in studio films. Right. They were doing what they call black exploitation. Mm-hmm. And that's guys like Richard Roundtree, Fred Williamson, mm-hmm. you know, those guys who are all friends of mine. But they, they were not, I don't want to say allowed, but they were not considered box office stars for A-list Films, well, that's been a fight. I mean, that's been a now fight. That's, changed. that's now been that's a fight changed. with, yeah, with yeah. women. That's been a fight yep. with minorities. I mean, that's been a fight with Hollywood for a long time. So, yeah. um, I think that's just been a fight with, like, you know, humanity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just reflecting like, in the movie about industry. It, just, yeah. You know. yeah. Old yeah. white dudes want to want to keep it that way. Yeah. It's the crackers holding us back. <laughs> <laughs> the white man keeping me down. Oh, every day he's keeping me down. Yeah, the white man controls podcasting. Yeah, he this does. This is ridiculous. I know. He's got his boot on our digital necks. Um, all right, guys. Well, it's, it's go to kickstarter.com. The movie is called The Martial Arts Kid. There's a week left. Uh, there's a week left. Um, it's a Some cool great rewards too. It's, a, it's a really cool rewards. Like you can be in the movie. You can be too, in the movie. Right? I'm going to yeah, be in yeah, the film. Yep. yep, yep. So you're gonna be in the film. Yeah, you yeah. want to see me get my ass kicked, guys? Then contribute to this. I think Chance is gonna kick, kick my ass. ass. Absolutely, yeah. any day, any day. Oh, can you it. play an arrogant gym teacher? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happens in this movie, I'm gonna be a dick, and I'm gonna get my ki- ass kicked. That's that's that was my deal. Um, I just want to be a dick and get his ass kicked. So check it out, you guys. Um, all right, well, not nothing moving forward. There's not that much DVD wise. No, there's like week. yeah, it was uh, it was a good it was a good week uh, to release something and no one did well let's talk about this um uh sean merrick uh used to be our intern who now works for sideshow network yes um has been battling cancer yep um and he's hodgkin's Hodgkin's lymphoma lymphoma, um and uh we're doing a fundraiser for him to wednesday night the 28th may 28th at the hollywood improv tomorrow Tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, it's a great show. If you're in L.A., you're going to be... It's Alonzo Bowden. Yeah, there's a lot of good comics Myself, on. Chris, and a couple others. It's going to be an amazing show, and you're going to help out a guy who, you know, the podcast community, he's a part of it. and it, It's a great cause, too. Great and cause. He, he's been, you know, he's our intern, and he's been supportive of podcasting from the get-go, and he's he works really hard over at Sideshow, and we really want to um, help him out. Yeah, and we got some great... And he was very... Him and his wife were very... Um, really cool for opening up and letting us interview them for the documentary yes. and he was like you know let us follow him into getting chemo and all this stuff which which I, you know I, I can't even imagine what they've been having to go through so it's a great way to come see an awesome show and the money's going to go help somebody that's that's in our in our world guys. yeah so if you can come out tomorrow night please do and then uh, we will be in Australia doing earbuds interviews. Later in the week. I later. can't believe we're saying that. Later in the week we'll be in Australia. In two days we get on a plane to go yeah. around the other side of the world. Um so we will be shooting in Australia. That is Sunday, June 1st at the Eternity Playhouse on 39 Burton Street in East Sydney. Uh, come in on Palmer Street around the corner, buzz the buzzer and wait, and we'll have somebody get you for the interview. And we'll be doing that interview probably from... From 12 to, to 3.30. 12 to 3, 3.30, because yeah. they have a show that night, so we yes. got to get out of there. Actually, our writer, uh, C.J. Johnson, it's his play. It's his play. Yeah. So... So come you know, I, you know, you can come for the interview and stay and stay watch. Stay for the some play. theater. Support yeah. <laughs> support CJ Johnson, who is our Australian movie correspondent. Yes, and our dingo wrangler. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> easy. <laughs> um, so come on out to Sydney, and then uh, we're going to, of course, be recording some episodes over there, and uh, we're going to interview Russell at the um, the mines and out in the outback in Newman on the third, mm-hmm. and then we go to. Japan, where we will be interviewing Amanda, Andy, and uh, Sanai, big fan of Japan. So mm-hmm. um, that's going to be awesome. And uh, Sanai is going to be a guest on this show. She says she doesn't want to and she's scared, but uh, <laughs> I, I can understand that. I can understand that. I think all you guys should go on Twitter and tell her, and Twitter and Facebook, and yeah. tell her she's going to be a great guest. She's yeah. <laughs> worried. She's worried. I know she's listening to this. She's like, I don't think I'm going to be a good guest. I go, what are you talking about? We're not flying around the other side of the world to have you not be a guest on this yeah. show. We've been talking about you for five years. You're going to be a guest on this show. And it, we're really looking forward to it, too. We've never been there. In fact, um, Andy got us tickets to the Studio Ghibli Museum, oh, which I cannot wait to go that's to. Gonna be and awesome. we can't record in it. Um, which is great. Which is great. Yeah, Miyazaki has a rule where you have to experience the museum without a lens so you can't there's no stills there's no for oh, dive there's nothing that's you can't, beautiful you have to go in. um 
I can never pronounce it right. Hayo? Hayo Miyazaki. You're talking about like Spirited Away? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Howl's Moving Castle. Oh, yep. I mean, that. Oh, wow. I'm a yeah. Guy. Yeah, he's got <laughs> yeah, a yeah, museum. Yeah, yeah, there's Spirited a museum. Spirited Away is literally... It's an amazing movie. you've seen that, that is the most yes. incredible... To me, that was the most incredible animation, like... Ever from like the running down the stairs to yep. like the bridge scene when he's running across to like like the how they work the spirits and the dragons. It's, I hate these yeah, damn it's things. Great. <laughs> <laughs> he's talking about the microphone. The microphones, yeah. I, I, we, one went, one mic went down, so they got to share. So anyway, um, no, that's cool. Yeah, we're yeah, gonna yeah, do that in, in Tokyo, and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna look for a, a samurai monastery, and I don't know, I might. Just, I might just leave. I yeah. might just. <laughs> you might just tune out. I just, mm-hmm. might just, I might not come back. No. All right, fair enough. <laughs> uh, if I can find some uh, Hanzo steel, uh, I, will, <laughs> I will never come back. What is this, Kill Bill? Yes, yes that's exactly. <laughs> can I offer, so having fought many times in, in Japan, mm-hmm. several times, and, and being half Japanese, some advice to the white man? <laughs> Uh, when they offer you, because this has happened before with people that I've been with, okay. they offer you the $300 Kobe beef dinner or the $150 Kobe beef dinner, pass on the whole thing. That's just, it's revenge against the Americans. They're charging a hundred, because I've gotten a little tiny piece of beef and I think they just put Adolph's tenderizer on it and you eat it. But they, they offer you, do you want the $300 Kobe beef, which is the, or do you want the $150 Kobe beef dinner? And by, by the way, we end up getting the $150 one because the guy was with had to try it, and we were hungry when we left. So just to let you know, when you go to Tokyo, don't go there as a rube. Yeah, good to know. Well, thank God I'm a tourist, or I'm a vegetarian. I will be a tourist. I'm a tourist. I'm a tourist vegetarian, so I'm going to be just eating all their vegetables. Yeah. Um, Would you like the 150 vegetable platter or the $300? Like the, the $300 tofu yeah. or... Yeah, I'll be dumb enough and hit yeah. that. We like massage a, the like a really soy. One, like a fifteen dollar <laughs> entry level tofu. You have to, you have to make the jump because you don't, you don't know what's in that. <laughs> so yes, and I'm going to, as they said in the last samurai, I'm going to spend my entire time there looking for the perfect uh, cherry blossom because mm-hmm. it would not be a wasted life. And uh, so and I and I are in the last day. We're going to have a sword battle. So two enter, one leave. So I might not come back. And if I were to die at her blade, I would be honored to die. At the blade of Sinai. All right, yeah, well, well, you'd be so pissed. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Your arms chopped off. You're well, like, all right, I didn't pay for this. You know, bear, well, bearing me an honorable death. Bearing all of that in mind, let's just see how the trip goes. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you're talking to me like I'm a child. Yeah. Well, we'll honey, see. we might not be we'll able see. to have a samurai yeah, fight. We'll see. All right. We might not have an honorable you know, death. You know. <laughs> we might have to just get on the plane and come home and yeah. finish working. You know, and, Tom and, Cruise won't be there. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Don't underestimate the women. Remember Kill Bill. I know, You've dude. Seen Kill Bill. If there's a woman, it's still don't underestimate. The 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 Sam the female samurai in the X Men Wolverine movie was amazing. Like yeah. I, if I meet her, I'm getting married again. Yeah, cherry blossoms. <laughs> cherry blossoms. It's gonna explode. Cherry blossoms. <laughs> All right, what's coming out this week? Male- Maleficent. Maleficent. We okay. talked about this in the summer movie preview. Oh, by the way, the summer movie preview episode we have to will be released this week. Yes, you can get it. on I'm our so site. sorry, you guys. We should have. Mo- it's just been so busy. We have a couple episodes. The Dave Schmidt sound episode hasn't yeah. gone up yet mm-hmm. that we recorded in D.C. in the summer movie preview. Just been busy with traveling for earbuds. Well, we will have it up there, you guys. Yes. I promise you. Uh, Maleficent, Maleficent. Everybody, the trailer looks great. The 10 writers... Yeah, I, there's that no way. That scares the shit out of good. me. I feel I don't feel like this is going to be a good script. No, and also you have that's, a that's uh, visual effects... Me. Yeah, visual effects supervisor uh, promoted to director because that always works out. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, million Ways to Die in the West. Now, I think if you're a Seth MacFarlane fan, you're going to go see this movie, regardless if you mm-hmm. like Family Guy, if you liked Ted. It's okay. I think Seth MacFarlane's going to start making those movies that are reviewer-proof. Where, Wait, like, that's remember, Seth like, MacFarlane? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, you know, like the baby face. And oh, yeah, that's him. And yeah. that's him. Damn, Seth could look really young. He can. <laughs> That's an ability. Hollywood movie magic. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also like, remember when Adam Sandler was making one movie after another that critically got savage, but they made a fortune because it's just fans went out to see him. I think this is going to be the same kind of trajectory. It doesn't matter how good or bad these movies are. They're always going to make money because his fans are just going to always go see him. <laughs> All right. Um, so that's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. Uh, we want to thank uh, Don and Jansen for being on the show. And again, uh, do you guys have any websites or, or Twitter handles or anything you want to promote? Uh, yeah. Follow me on Instagram, uh, Jansen Baker. Uh, you know, post some cool pictures. That's about it. Hey, you know, hey, everybody. Say hi. 
Don, do you have a website? Uh, for well, you? Yeah, easy to remember, DonTheDragonWilson.com. Sweet. Basically, yeah, it's got a little promo trailer there of some of my fights, movies, and things. And there's a link to the out. Kickstarter on your website, too? Uh, no, there is not, but uh, just go to kickstarter.com okay. and put in martial arts kid, and mm-hmm. uh, you know everything you, comes up. So uh, great. it's easy to access. You'll see that. You'll see, and it's starring Don the Dragon Wins, uh, Wilson and Cynthia Rothrock. So when you're looking through Kickstarter, that's what you guys are finding. Um, thank you guys. And Jansen. And Jansen. Well, yeah. Yeah. Jansen. Don't forget the Martial Art Kid, which is the name of the movie. Which is basically, <laughs> I know. It would be his name if we just used his name. <laughs> Don't no. worry about it. It's fine. I am, I'll, be the, I'll be a crafty. Look, the I, I am the star of the movie as if, <laughs> and like like Miyagi in The Karate Kid. I mean, okay. if you want to say he's the star and not not Ralph Macchio, well then, you know. Just call me Robbie son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, be, I'll be very happy. Yeah. But now, speaking of, you know, a, a uh, comparison to Ralph Macchio. I mean, to play the martial arts kid, aren't you 20 years too young? <laughs> yeah, Ralph yeah. Macchio was like 47 yeah. when he played that exactly. role. Exactly. Um, I mean, I don't know. Uh, it's definitely, I mean, I'm already playing, like, I'm, I'm 19 years old. I'm already playing. Uh, you look young. You know, I, I look young. Yeah, yeah, I shave mm-hmm. and I look like a 12-year-old. It's, yeah. it's great. Mm-hmm. Your it's, monthly shaving will make My monthly <laughs> shaving. Yeah. No, it definitely, yeah. it definitely it comes in handy. From um, harrys.com. Absolutely. <laughs> tie in, Chris. If, if I, I've seen some of the women they put to be his co-lead, his co- co-star. And uh, I mean, I, they're like the age that I might be dating them. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean they got to go for some, I, Hopefully they, I don't know who's going to get it. I get the role because uh, they're they're in the process right okay. now of uh, casting his um, female mm-hmm. lead, mm-hmm. and um, I hope it's somebody that looks right for you know sure. the age group. Of course, we mm-hmm. don't want somebody that you know, right. He's saying we don't want someone, some girl that's taller than me. <laughs> that's like really like when it comes down to come on, like get like beat around the bush. No, there's that's what apple boxes are for, <laughs> right? That's what John with John Wayne. He yeah. was like the king of that, right? Sylvester Stallone. He's like three feet tall. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like I mean, I I talked to the director about like putting me in go go boots or something like that, but it just that didn't work out. They said it was too Jonah Hill and you know, <laughs> <Cordial> virgin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we'll check that out, kickstarter.com. Um, as we said, yeah, June 1st, we will be in Sydney. Uh, <clears throat> I will be headlining the uh, Comedy Attic in Bloomington, Indiana, June 12th through the 14th. On the 14th, we will be doing yeah. fan interviews. You might be a little tired. <laughs> I will be jet lagged because we get back from Japan on the 10th and then we yes. take a red eye on the 11th. Yeah. I don't know who booked that. It was me and I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. You know, I was very, I was polite, polite about it, but I was like, uh, I just, Graham, that's very ambitious. Yeah. I was trying to say polite, like, maybe you shouldn't I do mean, that. I <laughs> mean, but, you know, I've landed yeah. from yeah, you, you're, Kuwait and gone mm-hmm. right to some one night. a gig. You can't. What are you, you know, ever going to do? do? You gotta, you know, I've done the show Iraq, must go on. Afghanistan. I can mm-hmm. do Bloomington. Um, Breaking so, away. <laughs> yes, I can do it. Uh, all right, guys. Thank you so much. That is our show. Of course, follow us um, on the Twitter and the Facebook. And of course, you can follow Earbuds at Earbuds Pod Movie and get updates and stuff. Uh, all the photos we're going to be sending and, and updates from overseas. And then as we start editing over the summer, we're going to release yeah. little cool and, short And don't forget, you can also still pre-order the movie. We have the 25 and $50 mm-hmm. tiers at comedyfilmnerds.com and also a custom one if you want to do one of the more expensive ones like a sure. hundred or a thousand we uh we still need money for the budget so uh <laughs> yes. it's not uh we we uh, would appreciate a yes. couple more pre uh, pre-orders couldn't hurt and uh we got some great artwork from Paige branson and yes. we're gonna put we're gonna that start on, making t-shirts start making t-shirts it's really really cool we posted that on the earbuds uh facebook mm-hmm. page so yep. check that out guys all right thank you so much to don and jansen my name is graham elwood i'm chris mancini and as always remember han shot first <laughs>